The Book Nook on WISO was presented by the Greene County Public Library, with additional support from Wright Memorial Public Library, Clark County Public Library, Tip City Public Library, Dayton Metro Library, and Washington Centerville Public Library. Good morning. Welcome to the Book Nook on WISO. My name is Vic McCunis, and I've been joined on the telephone by Dr. Douglas M. Coatney. And some of you are going, Douglas M. Coatney, is that the, the famous long-term veterinarian from Dayton, Ohio? And, and they would be right, wouldn't they? Uh, welcome to the program, Doug. Well, thank you, Vic. I actually have lived in Centerville since 1970, and uh, I'm not planning on moving out. <laughs> oh, yeah, Centerville. That's, that's distinctly different from Dayton, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's so far south. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about yourself, first of all, and then we'll start talking about your new book. Um, you say 1970, okay. that's when you, you uh, got out of Ohio State with your uh, veterinary uh, degree? Right. I uh, got out, luckily, in six years instead of eight, as I took a lot of courses, lots and lots of courses, and doubled up. And uh, so I graduated in 1968, and I already signed up going to the army for two years uh, during it was during the Vietnam War, and I came within a week of having to go over there. And the president de-escalated the war one week before I stepped on the plane and said, "No more veterinarians, doctors, or nurses were to go over, or I would have been over there for a whole year." So I was stationed in St. Louis for two years in a medical lab, testing food. After graduation, I got a job here in Centerville or two older veterinarians. Uh, one passed away within six months. And after many years working with the other one, uh, I was able to buy him out. And I solo practice, which was really difficult for 10 years until my daughter graduated from Ohio State. She's my oldest of four. So she came and practiced. And then a while later, my youngest son, Adam, came and joined. He graduated from Ohio State. And so we have two that are working there now. And my daughter, Emily, the oldest, had twin boys. One of them, Tyler, will be graduating this June from Ohio State, and he will join the practice, too. So, Holy I've smokes. That, that's a lot yeah. of veterinarians in the family. Yeah. Well, I've been uh, uh, retired 13 and a half years now. Uh-huh. And actually, uh, Tyler's younger sister, Kenzie, is now at Ohio University. She has one more year, and she's applying for Ohio State Veterinary School after that. So there may be one more added. Oh, my. Well, you're one of those rare people who can say, Richard M. Nixon saved me from going to Vietnam. But 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 we, we, will, we will move right along here. Uh, you've <laughs> just published a book, and it's your first book, and it's called It's Okay to Be Small, a short story narrated by Sparky the Dog. What made you decide to do this? Well, that's a story in itself. After my wife had passed away, uh, I knew uh, Elaine Sindelbach for 45 years. Our daughters both played on the same traveling select soccer team. And I knew the family very well. I knew her husband, Paul, who uh, I played golf with. Uh, we were on the Central State Soccer Board together. He actually brought his dogs and was well, a whole family dog named Sparky. How Sparky got the name in the book, uh, he would bring to the clinic, and we were good friends. He passed away 
about 14 years ago. So Elaine and I just started playing some golf at Yankee Trace, where I, we live now. And uh, we got to be friends. And one time I just went over to the, her house and she told me to look at a book that was on the island in the kitchen. So I picked it up and it was a children's book. It was called The Underpants Zoo by Brian Simmelbach, who happened to be her oldest son. He not only wrote it, he illustrated it too. So I read that and I thought, oh my gosh. I said, it's time coming up. I don't have anything to do. I'd like to write a children's book. So that's how it got started. And he helped me a lot with that first book. And so did Elaine, my wife. And that's how it kind of got started. And I just sat down and I wrote it. And I asked Brian if he wanted to illustrate it. And he said, oh, he said, nowadays, he said, you need a young person that knows how to do it on a laptop, computer, because that's how it should be done now. So I called up a fellow at the Modern College of Design in Kettering, and he said, well, let me look around some students and see if they'd be interested, and I'll give you a call back. Well, I'm expecting like two or three days. Five minutes later, he calls. He says, I think I found somebody, and her name's Lauren Patchett. She was graduating. She actually graduated valedictorian in her class. She sent some of her work to me about five different types of how she does it, and I picked one out that was perfect. So she started on it. it. took her a year and a half <laughs> to do it because she got a, a job downtown Dayton at Real Art. And uh, matter of fact, uh, a week, just a week ago on Thursday, I met with her and turned over my second book that I just finished. Well, she's. I a, hope it doesn't. Hope it doesn't take a year and a half. <laughs> she's a great illustrator. These are really great illustrations. It's okay to be small. A short story narrated by Sparky the dog, written by Douglas M. Coatney, my guest on the program today. What was your goal with this? What's the message that you're trying to send to, to kids? Well, I told Elaine, I said, I'm not doing this to make a lot of money, which I probably won't, but I just wanted to give something to children because not only did I have a love for animals, I love kids. And I just thought they would like to have a story. And I thought, well, being a veterinarian, I'll make it about two dogs and a little boy. So the little boy's name's Sam. He owns Sparky. Next door lives an older person and his Bernese Mountain Dog, which is a big dog. I didn't give names to them in that book, but I did in the second book. And I'm not going to say in case people want to know, they'll have to buy it. <laughs> but uh, the whole story is based on Sparky being small. It's okay to be small. And in all the different situations, more like they're skating on ice and who would fall through the ice? A big dog, <laughs> uh-huh. not Sparky. So each situation, uh, the, the big dog was kind of in trouble. But at the end of the story, it all turned out to be okay. And uh, I didn't want people to think this was a nasty story <laughs> against big dogs. <laughs> and the message is what? You're, you're trying to tell kids, hey, if you're the, the small kid out there, that's okay. Is that what you're trying it to does. say here? Yeah. And I, I, my, I have two grandsons who married kindergarten teachers, and I gave the book to them to take to their classroom. And the one in Xenia, she texted me back, and this is the reason I wrote the book, because when I read the text, she said, I read your book to my class. They loved the book, and every time something happened to the big dog, it, uh, you know, they started laughing. <laughs> I, she, they couldn't believe I knew the author. And they mainly said, 
they found that it was just okay. You didn't have to be perfect. It was okay if you were not perfect. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> whether you, whether you're big or small or short or tall, we're we're all just people, right? We're all individuals, and same goes for all creatures. So whether whether they're twenty pounds like your cat, they're peachy, or whether they're just the run of the litter, they're they're all living, beautiful creatures. They are. And uh, in my second book, I actually not only dedicated it to, uh, well, I said sincere thanks mainly to Elaine, my wife, this time, and also to to Peachy, who sat by my side night after night critiquing my work. (laughs) So she actually got into the book at at the end of the book. Oh, bless her heart. Well, before we went on the air, you were telling me about where Peachy came from, and, and I, I know that you could repeat that story for our listeners because it's a great story. It really touched me. Well, uh, Peachy originally belonged to an elderly lady, and she called Peachy Peach Blossom. That's awfully long to say. And Anyway, she got dementia, and she couldn't take care of Peachy anymore. None of the family members wanted to take her, so she took the cat to my clinic, dropped them off, Please find a home. Well, my kids didn't tell me about Peachy being over there. And she was over there for eight months without me knowing it. And my daughter just mentioned there was a cat that reminded so much of a cat that we used to have named Peanut. Well, I thought, well, I'll drop by. Well, I took her home the next day after I got the kitty litter in the bed. And my daughter had kind of nicknamed her, I don't know if I can say this on, on the air, but Peach Butt. Uh-huh. And I didn't think Peach Butt was something I was going to keep calling the cat, so I changed it to Peachy. That's She's become quite famous now because the neighbors see her looking out the front door all the time. Mm-hmm. The sun's shining. She's right there, and she watches everybody go by. I think it's short for Peach Button. My guest is uh, Douglas M. Coatney, and we're talking about his book, It's Okay to Be Small, a short story narrated by Sparky the Dog. You're listening to 91.3 WYSO, sharing community voices through inspired storytelling. And our community voice today, uh, coming to us by phone from Yankee Trace over in Centerville, is uh, Dr. Doug. And uh, I love it that you had a cat named Peanut because we have a cat named Serena, and, and she's a Siamese cat that was living on the streets in Springfield. And, and uh, we adopted her, just a beautiful creature. And for some reason, recently, I've begun calling her Peanut. And this uh, this annoys my partner, Noanne. She says, her name's Serena. And I'll say, okay, let's test that. And I'll go, Peanut, and she comes running. <laughs> <laughs> well, you showed her. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm not showing anybody. That yeah. This is, this is a, well, our, a point of our, contention, my, my wrong name for Serena. Yeah. <laughs> well, our Peanut was a male cat. That was about 23 pounds. Oh, my. And, uh, yeah, and it was probably the nicest cat in the world as far as no matter who came over. If they sat down, Peanut jumped in their lap. Oh. You don't want a 23-pound cat jumping in your lap without you being ready for it. So that's oh. – uh, so this uh, Peanut – or Peach is much like Peanut, except she really doesn't jump in your lap a whole lot. But she used to, when I was by myself, and then after I married Elaine a little over a year ago, she's decided she's going to jump in Elaine's lap at night. (laughs) Well, as I'm sure you have observed over the many years that you've been dealing with cats, 
Some, some of them are lap cats and some of them are not. And you can eventually convert the ones who are non-lappers, but it takes some skill and some effort to persuade them that the lap is really the best place in the world. Right. You, you can't make them do it. And they have to do it on their own. You can't, you can't force going up to petting them. They have to come to you, that type of thing. Whereas you know, having a dog, it'll be all over your body. It <laughs> right. won't stay away. Usually. Yeah, they're totally different. You're listening to the Book Nook on WYSO. I'll continue my conversation with Dr. Coatney right after this. My guest is Douglas M. Coatney, and his new book is It's Okay to Be Small, a short story narrated by Sparky the Dog. I know this has only been out for a little while, and you've already alluded to some of the responses that you're getting uh, this class in Xenia. What other kinds of reactions have you been getting? Well, the first thing they do is they thumb through the book, and they say, oh, my gosh, the illustrations are just absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. They are, and that's why the second book went to the same illustrator, because... that's that's the main comment I got. And then after they read it, they like the story. Now, I did, uh, we go to UD basketball games, and the lady sitting next to us bought three of them, gave one to her mom. She kept one, gave one to her daughter. And the next game, I said, well, how'd you like the book? She said, oh, it was so nice. It was so great. She said, but my daughter started crying. I said, oh, I said, I didn't write it to make somebody cry. I said, how old is she? 24. <laughs> so, I was, so I thought maybe she'd be very sympathetic to the uh, to the big dog, but she actually showed up at the following game in place of her mom. And I said, are you the one that read the book and started crying? She goes, yeah. She said, only because it's just so sweet. I mm. thought it was going to be because of the big dog getting in trouble, but she said, just so sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm picturing you at the UD game with a stack of books in your laps. So, oh, I, did have, I had to take three in. Okay, with those. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had, book, I had a book signing about a month ago at six of the adoption center here. Oh, nice. And, and that it was me because a lot of old clients came in, ones I hadn't seen for a long time. Uh-huh. I'm wondering, I'm sure you have some great stories about being a vet, and I, I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit here. What is the wildest veterinary story that you have? Oh, boy. Well, I can tell you the most embarrassing one. No, I want to hear that one, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I told you once before that uh, Raj Young, that wrote for the Dayton Daily News. Sure. She had a cat named Edith, and I was Edith's veterinarian. Well, Roz was just a special person. Matter of fact, she kept any of her articles that she would write about Edith, which were quite a few, she always put my name into them. She then, she did write two books that she had my name in. Uh, one was called Cat, Thy Name is Edith, and then Edith, a cat who ate the elm tree. Uh-huh. But one time in her article in the paper, she said that I had taken a growth off of Edith's rear end, but then over the weekend, she reached around and took the sutures out. Well, he called me at home. That was way back in the day when there was no emergency clinic. Mm-hmm. And I met her over at the clinic, I think it was like 3 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and took care of Edith. Little did I know that she would write in her article, she said, I was so afraid, this open wound, and I was just so nervous, and I pulled up at the clinic, and when Dr. Coatney opened up the front door, and I saw the blonde-haired, blue eye. <laughs> 
<laughs> but in there and standing there, uh, she said, I was just so relieved. Well, the next meeting we had downtown Dayton, I walk in and I hear a chime up. Well, there's that blonde-haired, blue-eyed veterinarian. I thought, oh, gosh, they read the article. <laughs> I, I assume you're blonde-haired and blue-eyed. I, I am. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I want to make sure they were talking about you. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you were embarrassed by that? Well, I was because I, you know, they were all laughing. They okay, were, that's it, not that's not very embarrassing. Come on, you can do better than that. Oh boy. Oh, well, I probably shouldn't. No. This one. <laughs> uh, okay, go on. Come on, you can do it. We'll, we'll edit out any like unsavory parts. Well, it's not unsavory. Oh, okay, it's, all right. It's it's embarrassing. Uh, having kids, uh, we would sit down and watch special shows. Well. I don't know if you remember, they had a prime time, 8 o'clock at night, Mighty Mouse animated cartoon. So we all sat down and watched it. And, of course, Mighty Mouse would always say, here I come to save the day. That means that Mighty Mouse is on the way. So I was going to tell the people to clinic the next day, and I forgot in the morning. I looked at my appointment book. I had nobody at 2 o'clock when I came back. So I said, that was open. Well, for some reason, instead of coming through the side door, I came through the front door. And the girls behind the desk, I just walked in and said, here I come to save the day. About about that far, and I glanced over to the side, and there's this very beautiful young girl with a little dog sitting in her lap. And I thought, oh, boy. So I just walked right on through, and I said, who's that? Well, it's a new client. And she just call over lunchtime and maybe a two o'clock open appointment. Well, I spent half the appointment trying to explain to her why I came in acting like an idiot. <laughs> and she just kind of looked at me, didn't make you know, no comment, didn't say, "Oh, that's you know, need you watch the show with the kids." <laughs> and we never saw her again. So I figured that I probably lost a client by doing something that, yeah. You know, shouldn't have done, but I was very embarrassed, and ever since I was little, I would turn red when I got embarrassed, so <laughs> the people behind the desk said, boy, you turned five shades of red. <laughs> huh. Well, I Mighty Mouse was my favorite cartoon when I was just a little tiny kid, and, and uh, I respect anybody who can walk into their veterinary clinic singing the Mighty Mouse theme. I think that's very admirable. <laughs> well, my favorite cartoon was Roadrunner. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a good one, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the cartoons nowadays, I probably shouldn't say it. I just can't really. I look at some of them like my grandkids would watch, and I wouldn't have enjoyed them. The animation isn't as good. Uh-huh. The humor isn't as good. Well, we were spoiled. We had great cartoons, and, and so a lot of them were old ones. The, the old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, just classics. I mean, those things mm-hmm. hold up today. Oh, they do. And I was on the Disney cruise with grandkids, and they remade. They just had a bunch of old cartoons that were never on before. They just made new ones that looked like the old ones. And I sat there and watched them with the with the grandkids, and they loved them. Uh, that was kind of neat. I, I don't quite understand what that means. You say that they made new cartoons with the same theme, or they they used the same animation uh-huh. and pictures black and white and went back and, and took what they looked like back then and made different stories. I see. 
maybe cleaned yeah. them up a little bit. Some of that stuff probably doesn't hold up that well as far as the themes. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, we digress. My guest is uh, Douglas M. Coatney. His new book is It's Okay to Be Small, a short story narrated by Sparky the Dog. Tell us some more about this story. As far as how did you get the ideas? Because I like the fact that it rhymes. How, how did you decide to set it up the way you did? Well, I just wanted to make it about animals because first being a veterinarian, but kids love animals. And I had to add a little boy in there too. Uh, the second book has a little girl in there too. So I, I didn't want to discriminate. <laughs> and it's pretty much, uh, I used Sparky because it was Elaine's family dog and just picked out Sam as a little boy's name. And I thought, well, what am I going to do with a little dog? If it's okay to be small, I'll have a Bernese Mountain dog, which is like a St. Bernard live next door. And just started thinking of just different things that would happen between the two that it would always turn out to be okay to be small. And uh, I just started coming up with ideas. And my wife, Elaine, after she read that one, she goes, I don't know how you come up with this. So then I could write the second book. She says, I don't believe it. Mm. <laughs> so you can, well, we introduced in the second book a little dog, a little puppy, uh, Marshmallow. It's uh, Bajan Bajay, which is all white. And that's Sparky and, and Sam get a little puppy to live with. And now it's, it's the big dog's job to teach the little puppy all sorts of things. Did you give yeah. us the name of the second book yet? Yes, it's called Sparky and Friends. Okay, Sparky and Friends. I want to give uh, listeners and readers an example of, of the way you've got this set up. Okay, here we have a page where it shows the big dog, and the little dog is lying upside down underneath the big dog wearing sunglasses, and uh, you write, Another advantage I almost forgot. I know how to stay cool. He has to be hot. In the middle of summer when it gets really hot, how do you think I keep myself cool? I simply jump into my backyard pool, and it shows the two dogs on each side of the fence, the neighboring dogs, and the big dog is lying next to his water dish, and he's got his paw kind of on the edge of his water dish. And then in the other yard, you have the little dog, and he's wearing a pair of, of uh, polka dot swimming trunks, and he's diving into his water dish, and it's really cute. Well, that's, yeah, because for a little dog, a water dish can be a pool. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's, it's very clever. And the, I'm wondering, you know, when you were working with Lauren, how did you decide what the picture would be? Well, when I wrote the story, I also sketched out, I'm not an artist, so I sketched out the action and what I wanted to show. Uh -huh. Turned it over to her, and she changed some stuff around. Which I, you know, okay, I think there was only one thing in the whole time that she did through those 48 pages that I thought, well, maybe if we just did this. But she added on things like in that one you just said, I had Sparky laying underneath the big dog in the shade of the big dog, staying cool. Uh -huh. She was the one that added the sunglasses. Uh -huh. I had not thought of that. There's another one where, uh, they're playing hide-and-seek, and when Sparky goes next door, it's not fun because there's holes in the floor. When Sparky falls through, the, goes bouncing down the steps into the basement, she added a cobweb on the wall. I, I hadn't thought of that. 
So <laughs> she just adds things here and there that just made it so special. And then she put in all the background. It sounds like you have a good working relationship. And so now she's working on the illustrations for book two. Yes, she just started last week. Well, this has got to be a great thing in her resume. It, it sounds to me like uh, she might have potential to go out there and, and do this kind of work uh, for other writers. She probably could if she has time, but she was real art. Oh, she showed me some of the stuff that she's done for the, the company she works downtown, and it is absolutely amazing what she does. So the fellow Rick Willits at the, the Modern College of Design, when he directed me to Lauren, uh, he couldn't have helped me better than, than that. I don't know if anybody else could have done work like that. Well, I love it that this is a hometown project. My guest is Douglas M. Coatney. He's a retired veterinarian, if you recognize his name, and uh, he's now become a children's author. His new book, his first book, It's Okay to Be Small, a short story narrated by Sparky the Dog, just came out. And book two is uh, currently in the process of being illustrated. And have you sat down and, and talked about the illustrations? Or are you working through that right now? Uh, she has not sent me anything quite yet. Okay. It's been just one week. I think what she has to do first is work on the what the new characters in the book will look like. Okay. I'm picturing and, your artwork with, with, like, stick figures, you know, and, and you're... <laughs> oh, well, no, it's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> that's A little what, better than that. That's what mine but, would look like. <laughs> well, I tell you, it's nothing that you'd want to put the book. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right, okay. Hey, well, I really appreciate you uh, getting in touch with me and... Um, telling me about your book and sharing it with me and and today sharing it with our listeners out there in the Miami Valley. I'm sure we'll have people going to their uh, libraries and bookstores and uh, online and and looking for It's Okay to Be Small, a short story narrated by Sparky the Dog, written by Douglas M. Codney, illustrated by Lauren Patchett. And, And I have one more question before we go that I want to ask you, and it's probably going to throw you. You told me that I might ask a question that's going to throw you, so here we go. Okay. Okay. What's the best thing that's ever happened to you? Whoa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I know as far as being the most afraid of doing something that turned out okay was when I, I applied for veterinary school. I, I had to pay for college all myself by myself. The I was there at Ohio State, and I was trying to get in after two years. Usually, it takes four. And I knew that if I didn't make it into veterinary school in the two years, I would have to drop out, I would go some other direction. I, I couldn't afford to keep going. So I get the letter from Ohio State Veterinary School, and. I remember just sitting and looking at it because I knew if they rejected me that I would never be a veterinarian. And I slowly finally opened it up and it said I'd been accepted. And I tell you, I about cried when, when that happened because that was my dream ever since I was 10 years old living in Chicago at the time. And uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's a great story. When you were 10 years old, that's when you wanted to become a veterinarian. Why was that? Wow, that's a good story. Um, when I was in grade school, uh, uh, they had that day, they said, everybody's going to do a science project for a science fair. 
And I'm the type of person that would say, okay, everybody do it on the solar system. I'm going to give me an idea. They said, do whatever you want. I had no idea. So I got home, and that particular afternoon, I walked in the door. My mom said, could you help me take boots to the vet clinic? Well, of the three kids, I was the only one that took care of the animal. (laughs) And so that's why she picked me. So we go to the veterinarian, and I just stood there in the room. Boots was up on the table, and my mom was talking to him. I'm in the corner. I'm trying to think, what am I going to do with this project? So finally, the veterinarian looked over, said, young man, what do you think about? I said, oh, it's it's really, that's not important. No. So I kept thinking about it. And finally, after about five minutes later, he says, okay, you're going to have to tell me because you're over there thinking about something. I said, they want me to do a science project. I don't know what to do. He said, you want to do it on intestinal parasites of dogs and cats? I said, what's that? He said, worms. Do it on worms? He said, well, he said, when I was in school, that was my most favorite subject was parasitology. And he said, I have cartons of bottles of worms in formaldehyde, and I have two handbooks. He said, I'd like to take these handbooks, one's for worms and dogs, one's for worms and cats. He said, if you're interested, come back. I have textbooks for the same thing, and you can borrow those bottles of uh, worms in the formaldehyde. I took them home, and that was the most interesting thing. I I read them cover to cover. And I thought I can't believe that a dog can get a flip, uh, tapeworm by eating a flea uh, or a rabbit. And I'm I'm going, oh, this is amazing. So I took the books back, and uh, I said I'd like to do it. And so we hauled all this stuff, and I did this project, got an A plus on it, and I took the stuff back. And thanked him. And on the way home, I said, Mom, I said, that guy was so nice. She goes, oh, he is very nice. I said, you know, I said, I want to be a veterinarian. And I never changed my mind from that time. And I wanted to go back and thank him. But he had moved away. I saw in our vet journal years later that he had passed away. And he was living in Houston which was strange because that's where I was born. And he graduated from Ohio State in 1943. I was born in 1944. So we had some kind of connection there. Mm. And if it wasn't for that trip to the veterinarian, I would have never decided that. Well, Doug, over your many years practicing as a veterinarian, I'm sure a lot of your clients had that same opinion. He is so nice. And it's been really nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Vic. It's been a pleasure. My guest has been Douglas M. Coatney. His book is It's Okay to Be Small, a short story narrated by Sparky the Dog, book two underway right now. You heard about it on the Book Nook on WYSO. And don't touch that dial. We've got a little extra time on the program this morning. We're going to bring you a special bonus segment right after this. And you're tuned to your public radio station for Southwest Ohio, WYSO. The program is The Book Nook, and we come your way every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock and again every Sunday morning at 1030. And some people still believe that those shows are the same, but they're not. Uh, Years ago, we used to repeat a Friday show on Saturdays, but we haven't done that in a long time. 
So they're completely different programs. I want to give you a heads up on what's happening tomorrow at 1030 in the book nook. My guest will be George Pelicanos. He returns to the program for a fourth visit. We have George on about every seven years or so. Uh, He hasn't been putting out that many books lately because he's so busy with his television work. But when they had the writer's strike recently, George had a chance to revisit some manuscripts he'd had sitting around, and he's put out this incredible new collection of stories, long, short stories. It's called Owning Up, and we'll be talking to George Pelicanos about this new collection tomorrow morning at 10.30. And it's time for your Book Nook bonus segment. If you were listening to the program I hosted on WYSO between uh, 1994 and 2003, you know that I used to have a lot of musical guests because we had music on excursions, and then during the final hour of the program, we had interviews with authors in the book nook. And I have a lot of old tapes of musicians visiting the program. And back in 1998, I was so excited because I had fallen in love with an album by a group out of Devon, England. They were a British folk group. They were considered a super group back in 1998 when they issued an album called Hazy Days. And at the time, the singer for the band was named Catherine Roberts, and she was joined by a couple of brothers, Seth and Sean Lakeman. And Seth played violin, and Sean played guitar. And they were coming through town to perform at the Canal Street Tavern in Dayton. And we were playing their CD a lot on excursions. And they had just played the Folk Alliance in Cleveland, and they made the side trip down to Dayton for just one night. I believe it was a Friday night. They had a full band with them, but we couldn't fit them all in the studio that day. So we just had the Lakeman Brothers and Catherine Roberts. And I grew up loving British folk groups, groups like Fairport Convention and Pentangle and a lot of groups from that period. And this group reminded me so much of those performers, yet they were young. When I interviewed them that day, they said most of the uh, folk musicians in England these days are in their 40s and older. And these kids were in their early 20s at the time, and they broke up a long time ago, but we had them live in the studio equation. They were promoting their 1998 CD, Hazy Days. I absolutely loved their performance that day during excursions. This is Equation. This is called Kissing Crown. It's more scaled down. It's an acoustic (laughs) version. Take off, she mustn't take flight. 
sliding till the heat dies down. Looking up and she's wrapped inside, and though she really knows how the yellow heart dies. See, this is the first time she's in there.
song that was equation with communion live in our studios Too late. 
body, launch your soul, two together, one to hold. Fear the future from your past, but the present now it's ending fast. It's never too late, it's never too late, it's forever Taking us out of the book nook this morning, recorded live in our studios back in 1998, a British super folk group, Equation, Catherine Roberts and Seth and Sean Lakeman. Taking us out of the book nook. Uh, Have a great day.